This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by the Door County Community Foundation, inspiring people to give back, to sustain, and advance the community that we love. To learn more, visit givedoorcounty.org. Hello and welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast. I'm Andrew Clyden and I'm joined today by Sarah Ray Lancaster, arts and entertainment editor for The Pulse. How's it going, Sarah? It's going really well. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, as we're kind of, you know, talking about winter activities and stuff and really focusing on winter, my hope is that we, you know, fall into the curse that publications generally have is as soon as you publish something, it becomes irrelevant. So we really focus on ice and all of it will melt. That's kind of my goal for this week. I can hope for the same. I'm all right with that. <laughs> yeah. It, middle of February. I usually like the winter, but this winter I'm like, let's just, let's move on. I would rather even spring. And I'm not a big fan of spring because it's mostly just kind of dead. I know most people think like it's rebirth and everything's beautiful. It's and, wet and it's muddy. Let's be real. Yeah. And like your, <laughs> your other passion is flowers mm-hmm. and even, even you are saying, yeah. Yeah. Get me to the point where they're blooming and they're pretty and through the grunt work. (laughs) So uh, I wanted to bring you in to talk about a fun event that's coming up this weekend. So down in Sturgeon Bay, Fire and Ice is kicking off this weekend, and we're going to have an interview with Destination Sturgeon Bay at the end of this podcast to talk about all of the different activities, probably focus more on the fire side of Fire and Ice, because you did a deep dive into the ice side of Fire and Ice for the Pulse this week and got kind of into the weeds on the ice carving portion of the festival that goes on. Uh, Walk me through what you learned about the ice carving competition. Sure. So for as much as I am more of a warm weather person, I seem to be gravitating toward all of these outdoor cold activities, but they're pretty fun. They may even convince me to get outside in the cold a little bit more and try my hand at a few of these things. So you're definitely between, you know, Winterfest a couple weeks ago and broom ball and pond hockey. And now this, you are, you are definitely becoming entrenched in all of the silly ways we try to make ourselves have fun when there's nothing else going on. Right. Make winter more manageable. So the fire and ice festival features a component of the community ice carving competition. And I thought this was pretty neat where anybody can sign up. They have three different categories, beginner, intermediate, and advanced. And you get a block of ice in the morning. I believe it begins at 9 a.m. You have your tools. And then by mid-afternoon, you have this ice sculpture there on display. They are spaced throughout the city in front of businesses. So the businesses have some artwork to look at. And it's just a really neat way, I think, to try something that we've probably all seen at some point in time, whether it's a winter festival or you know, if you've ever gone to a special event and they have like an ice carved vase or something along those lines, but to actually have that hands-on experience is pretty cool. Right. And I, I would imagine that, you know, living in the Midwest, being born in Minnesota, ice carving doesn't seem that particularly special to me. But if you're coming from a, a warm weather state coming up on vacation right now, I'm sure it's a big draw of being like, oh, they have snow up there and they <laughs> right. turned it into art. <laughs> exactly. It is one of those cool things, kind of like the cherry art 
competition that they do in the summer and then like auctioning the benches off, like those types of things where you just get to walk through Sturgeon Bay and see all of this community art on display outside is cool. And the the cold weather version of that is the fire and ice sculptures. Yeah. And what's really neat about this too, is that if you're hanging out in Sturgeon Bay for the day and, you know, visiting the different aspects of the festival, you can actually see this work in progress and you can talk with the people that are creating the ice sculptures and ask them where they got their ideas from. And that was kind of fun when I spoke with some of the people that participate in the carving, just the ideas that they come up with. One of the amateur carvers, and I say amateur, but he's been doing it for a while and he he has some pretty good sculptures. He carves every year with a friend. And in years past, they've done everything from a pig on a spit to ships in a bottle, which involved basically creating two different sculptures and then finding a way to bring them together into one cohesive piece. Right. And so as you're walking through Third Ave and you're seeing people, I'm just going to get the really corny jokes out of the way to start with so that you can think of the more intricate ones later. Don't walk up to somebody carving ice with a solo cup and say, hey, can you get me some glass for my Coke? <laughs> Don't walk up to people and be like, oh, it must be cold. Yeah, we get it. Like, those, right. just get those out of your system right away and then go, you know, right. maybe talk with them about the process rather than just the the one-liner. Exactly. Yeah. And the, and the process too was pretty spectacular to, to learn about because I'm looking at this as you're giving me a block of ice that uh, was pretty significant in size. I want to say it was about 30 inches tall and you want me to create something out of it. And what I learned is, you know, you can start with sketches beforehand. Some people will go as far as taking cardboard and almost creating like a 3D model of what they want to create. And then when you get there that day, it's really just roughing out the outline. And if you're in more of the advanced category, you might use some power tools to do that, like a chainsaw. If you're just beginning, there is a tool called a, an ice rake that you can use. And it's basically like six little ice picks all together that just helps you rough out the edge of the block of ice. And then chisels and other tools to just really hone in on those fine details at the end. And so, just with these tools and these ideas, they carefully work at, as it was explained to me by one of the professional carvers who participates and now helps coordinate the event, you really just want to rough it out and then slowly and carefully kind of work from the exterior in and just little by little chip away at it until right. it starts taking that shape. Well, because carving is a, it's a subtractive art form, right? You start with your material and you don't get more material. You reduce, you subtract material until you have the shape that you want. Right. In contrast to an additive process like sculpting with clay that you're adding more and more clay on. And I feel like I would be more comfortable with an additive process because I can always... There's like, always more. Yes, there's always more. Whereas <laughs> something like this, I'd feel like, oh no, this piece chipped off and now I just don't have anything right, there. Right, right. I'm curious, can you make more ice by adding, you know, snow and a blowtorch and can you weld another chunk back on if you break something off? So you sort of can. The amateur carver that I was talking with, Seth Wilson, he talked about sometimes they've taken icicles off of buildings and found a way to attach those to their sculpture as just, you know, embellishments basically. And so, yeah, you can use a blowtorch and kind of melt things down to a certain point. So they stick together. And so there's ways you can manipulate it to get those effects. And, you know, really he said to your point of 
something breaking off and ruining the sculpture. He said, you just kind of learn to roll with that. You almost come to expect that very easily could happen during the process. But he also said that's part of the creative challenge and the fun of the activity is you learn to work with it. Right. So you mentioned there's three different skill levels, right? What are the breakdowns between the different skill levels? I know that from beginner to an immediate, that's when you get the power tools, right? But what what are the breakdowns in skill levels? He didn't go into too much detail about that. I think it's really just where you are comfortable being. You know, beginners, these could be people that have just never tried it before. It would be like you or I walking into Fire and Ice and saying, hey, you know, let us carve a block of ice. Where the intermediate, they've probably have done it for a few years. And then the advanced, that's where you're going to see more of your professional carvers that come in and lend their skills to it. So we're going to jump into our interview with Destination Sturgeon Bay about the rest of the event here shortly. But was there any other big takeaways that you got from talking to these artists about the event? I really liked the idea of working with a partner. As Seth explained it to me, the two partners that he's worked with over the years have added skill sets that he didn't necessarily feel he brought to the table. So where he was maybe the big idea guy and could envision what the final sculpture would look like and maybe how it would get started, he relied on his partners to then, toward the end of the carving, go in with those tools and really bring out that final wow factor and and the detail work that really brought that sculpture to life. So I thought that was cool to you know, rope a friend into it. Sounds a little more fun anyway. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of fascinated just by the the whole idea of temporary art, right? Like even if you work with a non-permanent material like food, there are ways to preserve that art. There is no way to preserve an ice sculpture. Like it's going to melt at some point. If you wanted to keep it in perpetuity, you'd have to house it in a giant freezer. Right, basically. right. That just That's doesn't your happen. only choice. And that just doesn't seem to feasible or reasonable. <laughs> right. And I feel like it's it's that added impetus for people who want to go see it to go out right away because you don't know how long they're going to actually be there. It's right. completely up to the weather. If yep. it's, you know, if it's cold for another three weeks, you got three weeks to go see it. But if it suddenly warms up on Monday, then your, your days are numbered to go check right, it out. Right. And that, and that's kind of the thing too, you know, it's kind of miserable to be out in the cold, but you really want those cold days if you're going to be out there carving, because that's the best time to carve. Right. Well, thank you so much for coming on to chat with me. I encourage everybody to check out your article to learn more about the ins and outs of actually sculpting these things. Uh, We're going to take a break. And then when we come back, we're going to chat with Destination Sturgeon Bay about the fire portion of Fire and Ice. This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by Door County Medical Center. Are you looking for a job in Door County with excellent benefits, culture, and potential for advancement through tuition reimbursement programs? Door County Medical Center is hiring. For more than 75 years, Door County Medical Center has been the leader in health and wellness for Door and Kiwanee counties. Their integrated medical center provides a wide range of specialties, including primary care, behavioral health, general surgery, the Women and Children's Center, the Door Orthopedic Center, the Door County Cancer Center, and more. To join the team, apply today at dcmedical.org careers. Okay, I am back, and I am joined today by Carly Sarkis from Destination Sturgeon Bay. How's it going, Carly? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. You must be absolutely up to your ears in event planning for this weekend. I know that there's a lot of stuff going on, so I appreciate you coming on to talk about Fire and Ice with me and giving me a, a little bit of your time. I know that there's probably not a lot to spare this weekend. <laughs> you know, we uh, this is why we, we love our job, though, um, and why we're here. We love being busy. We love 
putting on these festivals and events. It's never a slow day for us. So, so we love it. Right. So walk me through uh, what Fire and Ice has in store for people. I talked to Sarah Lancaster earlier about the ice part of it, but I'm hoping you can kind of illuminate what the fire part of it is as well. So our fire portion seems to change year after year. And last year, actually, we started doing winter fireworks. So we're bringing that back again this year. That's going to be the fire portion of Fire and Ice. And those fireworks, I mean, I think everyone indoor county knows that there's nothing like winter fireworks to have that pitch black sky with the, the colorful fireworks going off there's just nothing like that so we will have fireworks that will go off saturday february 19th at 9 p.m it's a little bit later than usual but just to kind of time it with everything else going on throughout the day and the weekend it's nice to have it just a little bit later so nine o'clock those go off and they actually are shot off right in downtown sturgeon bay so right on the channel by Sunny's Pizzeria across from Stone Harbor. I've never actually seen fireworks in the winter. Part of me is like standing outside in the cold doesn't seem fun. But the other part of me is like, well, they're basically explosions in midair. So maybe it'll be a little warmer than I'm (laughs) expecting. Yeah. And actually the, the perfect part about the location of these fireworks is that there's a lot of parking lots nearby. So you can actually sit in your vehicle and watch them go off, which is always pretty fun so that you're not out in the cold because we know that February weather is always very unpredictable. Right. While we're talking about the outdoor portion of it, give me kind of a a little bit of a rundown on the ice carving championship as well. Yeah. So we do ice carving and snow sculpting almost every year. This year we have six different snow blocks that will be sculpted and 20 different ice blocks that will be sculpted as well. So we have a crew of professional carvers that come in. A lot of them do have ties to Sturgeon Bay or Door County, which is always nice. And they take care of the snow sculpting. So you'll see that happen starting on Friday into Saturday. And then we also open up the ice sculpting to amateur carvers. And they range all the way from advanced to intermediate and all the way down to beginner. So Our most advanced ice carver, he's been doing this for many, many years. He could probably go into the professionals if he wanted to, but he's been doing this for many years. We have a lot of chefs that come in because they want to kind of sharpen their ice carving hobby abilities, I guess. And then uh, we do have kids that want to join in as well. So anyone under the age of 18 can certainly participate. They just have to have a parent present. So it's been really interesting to see these carvers return and grow year after year. A lot of them bring their families with. So it's really fun to see what they come up with. Yeah, I've heard that the difference between the beginner and the intermediate is that the intermediate can use chainsaws, but then the advanced, what did they have to juggle chainsaws? Is that the distinction? (laughs) So anyone can use power tools. Um, We do say though that we do not provide power tools, (laughs) but we do say, we, we know that power tools are the easiest option in terms of carving ice versus our little hand tools that we provide. So Destination Sturgeon Bay doesn't have a warehouse of chainsaws? You know, I'm actually surprised that we don't at this time. I was going to say, that seems like a good investment. (laughs) 
Yeah, we've anyone who's been to our office knows that we have just about everything else in our back storage room, but chainsaws and actually power tools in general, we we do not have those, and that's probably good. <laughs> is there anything else that's going on outdoor? I want to talk a little bit about the gala as well, but is there anything else happening outdoor this weekend? Yeah, there's a lot going on outside, actually. We have our community snowman build this upcoming weekend, and that is down at Martin Park. I know that the snow is fairly limited, but the kids get creative year after year. So last year we had just snow mounds uh, with faces on them. So they might have to do the same this year, just mini snowmen all over. And that's at Martin Park. And then we also have a new event this year called Snowga, which is snow yoga. (laughs) And that starts at 930 down at Martin Park with Door County Yoga and Massage. Jan Mills will be teaching a 30-minute class of all standing poses. And we're actually really looking forward to that. We think it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, I was going to say yoga in snow pants and big puffy coats. You're probably restricted to the types of poses that you can do. Yeah, exactly. Uh, We've actually seen a few other winter festivals do this, and uh, it looks like a lot of fun. So we know that people like to be active in the winter still, so we thought that this would be a great outlet for them. The class is only 30 minutes, so it should fly by pretty quick, and it's free and no registrations required. How is the weather looking for this weekend? Because I know with the the snowman building and the ice carving, the longevity of those is going to depend on the weather. Is it looking like it's going to be cold or or is this going to be a, you know, blink and you'll miss it. If you don't go to Fire and Ice this weekend, you might not get to see the sculptures. (laughs) So Fire and Ice is probably the hardest event to predict in terms of weather. Cold is always really nice, of course, to keep uh, and preserve the sculptures. The thing that would will melt the the snow and ice the quickest though is the sun. So even if it is you know sub zero temperatures, that sun really does melt things pretty fast. So we do keep an eye on them throughout the weekend and into next week. I would say Sunday you still have a pretty good chance of seeing them. Even Monday, once we get into Tuesday after the event, things start looking a little a little sad. But you just you never know year after year. If there's some cloud cover, there's a pretty good chance that things will stay for a few days at least. Well, that's a good incentive then. If you're thinking, oh, I'll check it out next week, you might not be able to. So go down to Fire and Ice this weekend, get to see the sculptures as they're being made, and then you don't have to worry about them melting. Exactly. Yeah, I think Sunday morning is always a great chance to kind of walk around town, feel free to grab a coffee, and just kind of stroll the street of Sturgeon Bay. You have a lot of businesses who are offering in-store specials this weekend. It's just a great chance to get into the stores, to warm up and shop around a little bit, see what what they all have to offer. You might step into a store that you've never been to before and, and find a new favorite place. Right. So we have ice carving, snow carving, snowmen, outdoor, fireworks, yoga. Tell me about the gala. So the gala is the fundraising portion of this event and it's one of our largest fundraisers annually so we do rely on on this event to really help promote sturgeon bay and our beautification projects which include holiday lights flower pots street art projects anything that that will help sturgeon bay a little bit more this is what that money is used for so the gala is sold out but if people are looking for Getting tickets to the 2023 event, tickets will open. Typically, we we open them about a week before New Year's. We open tickets and we sell them all the way until they're gone. They're $100 each and there are tables of 10. You can purchase a table or individual tickets. Stone Harbor is our title sponsor for this event. 
So they are the host and the venue for this gala. It's a black tie gala. So people dress up, go out on the town and just have a great evening. That sounds really great. And uh, it's good to know that, you know, if you want to get tickets, you got to get them early. So people will be on the lookout around New Year's this year to get for next year's gala. Is there anything else that we haven't covered, any other parts of the weekend that people should know about? Fire Nights actually starts on Friday, so tomorrow, (laughs) and it kicks off at Crossroads at Big Creek. So Crossroads at Big Creek will do their candlelit ski Friday night from 6 p.m. until 8 p.m. If the weather does not allow for a ski, they will change it to a candlelit hike. It is free for everyone, but they do take donations if you'd like to. They'll have hot chocolate and bonfires there as well. So it's a great chance to get outside. Don't worry, you're going to stay warm. And also enjoy the amazing property that, that Crossroads does have. Crossroads will also be doing an event on Saturday, February 19th from 1.30 till 3.30 with the Madden Tool Museum. And they're going to be doing a demonstration on how ice was harvested in Door County way back when. So that's really, really cool to bring in that historical element to fire and ice. In addition, going back to our fundraising, we have a large online auction that we do every single year. So that is live and bidding has started. And our auction is online via Handbid, H-A-N-D-B-I-D. So that's handbid.com. You can also go to sturgeonbay.net and click on our links there to register. Uh, We have about 60 different auction items and packages. Uh, Most of them are Door County and Sturgeon Bay themed, uh, but they're really interesting, really different. Certain items that you're not going to get anywhere else. And that is our main fundraising piece. So, for example... Let's see, we've got, you know, Skateros, they donated free cookies and pizza for a year. So that's one dozen cookies per month for a year and one pizza for per month for a year, which is a fabulous auction item. We also have things ranging from cooking classes to golf all around Door County. We have Cedar Crossing donated a dessert tasting. If anyone's ever been to Cedar Crossing, you know that their desserts are absolutely fabulous. So they will be doing a dessert tasting for six people plus a wine pairing with that. Uh, we also have some awesome live auction items as well, like Packer Club Seat, a VIP tour of Sturgeon Bay, which includes a private tour of St. Terry Bay Ship Building for up to six people. Not a whole lot of people get to see it, the behind the scenes of Bay Ship Building, especially during Winter Fleet. So if you've always wanted to do that, this is your chance to bid. That sounds great. It sounds like not only do you have cool stuff to do in person, but there's a virtual component. So no matter what people are doing this weekend, there's some way to check out Sturgeon Bay and check out the events. Is there anything else that we haven't covered? I don't want to take up too much of your time because I know that you're, you know, kind of drowning in event preparation for this big thing that's going to (laughs) happen. So if if people need to find out more or if they want to know any more information about anything that we talked about, they can go to sturgeonbay.net, correct? Yep, you can go to sturgeonbay.net. Also check us out on Facebook under Destination Sturgeon Bay. You can also give our office a call. We're open 9 until 5, Monday through Friday. And then on Saturday, we will be open from 9 a.m. until 1 p.m. So if anyone wants to stop in, ask any questions about the festival, we will have someone here to answer questions. Awesome. Well, Carly, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Have a great fire and ice weekend. And uh, looking forward to chatting with you again soon. Thank you so much, Andrew. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. 
If you want to support us at The Pulse, check out doorcountypulse.com shop, where you can get a weekly Pulse subscription, purchase some incredible Door County artwork from Pulse artist Ryan Miller, and much more. We hope you've enjoyed the Door County Pulse podcast, and we will see you next time.